0: Yo, plug me in.
1: Welcome, welcome to episode two of the STEM Plug Podcast. I am your host, Rich Devated, and here at the STEM Plug Podcast, we plug you in with entrepreneurs and innovators in the science, technology, engineering, and math space. Today is no different. We're plugging you in with an amazing STEMpreneur, like we like to call it, Deshaun Deshaun is a cybersecurity engineer, and he's going to plug us in on the field of cybersecurity. But Deshaun is not just any regular cybersecurity engineer. So we want to really just dive into, you know, let Deshaun really tell us about the field of cybersecurity and also just, you know, how he got there. Right. Like We have this story. We had all his credentials. But how did he get to the field of cybersecurity? So Deshaun, i like to just welcome you. So the STEM Plug Podcast, how you feeling today, man? Oh, man, Rich, I'm feeling good, bro. It's nice and early, 720 over here on the
0: West Coast. I'm in uh, LA right now. Yeah, man, I'm excited. All right. Okay. When when I got the call, you know what I'm saying? They were like, hey, you want to speak? I'm like, absolutely. Because I love teaching and talking about cybersecurity. It is a growing and booming industry. And I feel like it's starting with this increase in technology and how fast things are moving
1: cybersecurity is going to be at the forefront of all that. So I'm excited to speak. Wow, that's amazing, man. Like I said, you know, the STEM plug podcast, I really feel like you're coming in and educating and plugging me in on a field that I might not know much about. And we're plugging this into the rest of the world, right? So we have that you're a cybersecurity engineer, right? But we got to go back a little bit to your story. So I see you originally got your degree in electrical engineering from Savannah State. Can you kind of explain to me how your STEM journey started? How did you get to Savannah State? How did that all come about? All right.
0: So, uh, yeah, man, born and raised in Georgia, Stone Mountain, Georgia, to be exact. Yeah, I've always just kind of been interested in technology since I was a kid. I mean, I'm a 90s kid, so we grew up video games. You know what I mean? Like the boom of the Internet was just starting. So it just kind of was natural for me to get involved in the thing that was happening at that time, which was technology, the increase in technology, the mobility of technology. I remember when I got my first Game Boy, it was one of those see-through ones that had like all the wires in it and had like the microchip. And I'm just like, how does all this work? How can when I press this button, it makes this character do this? So that was like my initial, initial, like interest in technology and then specifically electrical engineering. So when I got to Savannah State, It was like, all right, I know I want to do engineering. Let me figure out exactly what kind. They had an electronics engineering major at that school. So, went to school for electronics engineering, received my bachelor's from there, kept it going, went to Kennesaw State, got my electrical engineering degree from Kennesaw. And that is what brought me out here to LA. Ironically, though, I did not get my first engineering job in electrical engineering. I actually started as a systems and test engineer. So, I mean, I have two degrees in electrical engineering. I've never held a job in it. Though. That's the crazy Mom. Yeah. Yes. So. <laughs> and I mean, if you ask a lot of engineers now, systems engineering just kind of became one of those things that it wasn't one of those things people talked about, but it became one of those things that was necessary because you had all these different engineers working on different things, computer science, hardware, mechanical, electrical, but there wasn't a person to kind of tie all that together. So. That's where systems engineering came
1: about. And that's where I actually got my first job at Northrop as a systems engineer. That's an amazing story. Like, I just kind of think about my story. Like, I, I studied biology in undergrad, but now I work as a robotic engineer, specifically in lab automation. But, you know, the skills that I kind of used that I got, you know, from studying biology, I still use today. And, you know, in my robotics that I have to do from day to day. So would you definitely say that, you know, the skills that you kind of got from studying electrical engineering and kind of transferred over to cybersecurity of making you more of an efficient engineer? Absolutely.
0: So a lot of the classes that I took as an electrical engineer had to deal with things like understanding computer science, understanding like computer language. And as a cybersecurity engineer, those are things that you need. Like that's the kind of the basics of it, right? You got to understand software engineering. You got to understand computer science because those are the type of attacks you're looking for. You're looking for people who are doing things like distributed denial of service attacks. So you're looking for people who are doing phishing attacks and malware attacks. And with all those type of things, you have to look for like certain trends and you won't know those trends unless you understand like the basics of computer science. So the basics of computer science, computer technology, and so electrical engineering... Absolutely helped me when it
1: came to me starting my and pursuing my career in cybersecurity. Okay. So we have this electrical engineering. Was there anything that specifically motivated you to make a career change into cybersecurity from electrical engineering? So uh, when I started at Northrop doing uh,
0: systems engineering and kind of doing the test engineering, I joined as a part of a, uh, it was like a program that, where you start in one job and you rotate, a rotation program. And after my first two years of doing systems and testing, my third rotation was cybersecurity. So to answer your question, working a job in cybersecurity is what made me want to continue doing cybersecurity. To be honest, like cybersecurity was not a background of mine. It was not something that I was even privy to until I got the opportunity to rotate into a cybersecurity role. And that's when it all just kind of clicked. Like, wow, all of these things that I've learned as a systems engineer, all these things that I learned in college as, you know, pursuing my electrical engineering degree, I can utilize in this position here. Because with cybersecurity, it's not just hard skills, it's also those soft skills, because you're working with a bunch of different teams. You have to understand how to like communicate with people. So yeah, me working in the job is what
1: inspired me to continue this path of cybersecurity. Nah, that's dope. I mean, sometimes just that experience just kind of gives you that introduction and then you just want to kind of go deeper into it. Even with me, like before I became an engineer within lab automation, I was a scientist actually working in lab automation. So I was running, you know, different experiments on this lab automation and stuff like that. And this was back in what? 2018. And I kind of started to think I was just like, wow, like this is cool. But this is starting to become kind of repetitive to me. Right. So I'm like, why don't I try to learn the ins and outs of these robotics and try to go into it full blown? So just like you, you kind of learn a skill within cybersecurity and then, you know, you just kind of took it full blown, right? So that's, that's, that's dope. What are some steps that can be taken to prevent cyber attacks? There are so many different
0: cyber attacks, right? Like I had mentioned before, they have like phishing attacks, they have like social engineering attacks, but ultimately making sure that your system is always up to date, making sure that you're enforcing like strong password policies. You know, every time we create a new profile, they ask us to create a password. And if you have like an iPhone, they say, hey, do you want to use a strong password? I mean, that's one way to do it. Another way is to just like implement things like multi-factor authentication, which is basically, you've seen that on, a lot of people have. Sometimes they'll see like the two-factor authentication on their cell phone when they're trying to like get to their account. So that is one way to prevent cyber attacks. And when you're talking about big systems, implementing things like cybersecurity monitoring tools, we call those IDS and IPS, which is intrusion detection systems and intrusion prevention systems. Those are almost like watchdogs. They're just always watching the network, watching for any type of trends that might just look weird. And what they'll do is send alerts to operators so that the actual person can go and say, okay, IDS pick this up. Let me go see what's up. Then they can do their own scouting and figure out if it's just like you know, if it's a false positive or if it's actually something they need to dig into. So, I mean, when it comes to preventing cyber attacks, it's a mass array of things you can do to prevent it because there are a, a mass array of things that can cause cyber attacks. So, it just depends on what you're trying to protect and what you're trying to protect it from, like what type of cyber attacks. Because a financial business will have a different way of preventing cyber attacks than, say,
1: a technology business, because people are trying to get different things, you know? So we kind of talked about, you know, how you had those skills and that you had an electrical engineering, you went to school, you got your bachelor's in electrical engineering, you got your master's in electrical engineering. What skills do you say are kind of like most important for you in your cybersecurity role? As far as what I learned in college or just saying like just on the as far as just like everyday skills, what, what skills do you feel as though that you kind of transfer that are really like the most important that you see in your day-to-day life as a cybersecurity engineer? Man, I think the biggest skill is just making sure
0: that you double check everything and not letting something that could seem like a normal instance just be that. Because people nowadays are like brilliant. And I'm talking good guys and bad guys. So they know how to mask their attacks. They know how to make it seem like it's your best friend. Make it seem like it's your neighbor. Like, I don't know how many times people's Instagrams have gotten, you know, hacked by someone who is their uncle or their mom or saying, hey, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, you just automatically respond to it. Right. Because you think that this is someone that, you know, so just taking a second and like trying to understand the situation before acting is like one of the things that you have to do as a cybersecurity engineer. You can't just react. You have to take a step back, look at the entire picture. It doesn't make sense. First of all, has this person talked to you in a while? Why are they talking like this? Do they normally talk like this? Or just look for certain things. If you're getting an email from Amazon, like it could say Amazon, but the N and the O are backwards, or it could say cl. You just have to make sure that you. Read things carefully before clicking on any type of thing. Because again, people have ways of just getting in and manipulating and like, getting over on people. So, yeah, one of the skills that you have to utilize is just making sure that you are diligent when it comes to anything from like opening your emails, getting messages
1: from people, just making sure that you're double checking and being diligent with those type of things. Yeah, I, I guess that's definitely seems like it'll be very important of just, you know, making sure, like you said, just not reacting and actually monitoring those specific things. So are are there any like tools or techniques that you use to kind of monitor network activity with cybersecurity? Yeah. So like I had mentioned before, they have those monitoring tools
0: like intrusion detection systems. At my job specifically, we use IDSs because we have large systems and we have important information on those systems. So We got to make sure like that information is protected. Not only that, but we also have like multi-factor authentication is implemented, rule-based or role-based access control, which is like, okay, me and you work on the same team. My role is administrator and your role is not administrator. You shouldn't be able to get to the same files that I can get to. So all that can be set up
1: and all of that is part of cybersecurity. Since you've been in cybersecurity, what's one of the most like maybe challenging projects that you had to deal with? And how did you kind of approach that?
0: So when I started my career in cybersecurity, I'll just have to be vague with it because the project itself. Yeah. So one of them. I understand top players. Top players. Under- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: I'm like, how do I? Uh- <laughs> nah, I mean. More so just giving us, you know, your approach on how did you, you know, kind of develop a a challenging project, right? How did you get through that? How did you learn Okay, that's cool. Got you. I can talk about this. So one
0: of the challenging projects was creating I'm going to just roll back to this because it was me needing to create or implement an IDS on the system itself. I've always utilized IDSs that were already implemented, that were already created, but I was tasked with creating one from scratch. Like, implementing it on the system myself creating the rules making sure that the rules work making sure that false positives were dealt with making sure that all the networking was connected correctly so that was a daunting task it was just me and one other guy and we basically had to build up the intrusion detection system from scratch on this massive (laughs) this massive system for this extremely important effort so a lot was writing. On that working correctly, that would be the most difficult task, I can say. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's probably that's wow. as deep as I can get into it though. Wow, that's dope. That's dope. So I guess with cybersecurity and everything that you kind of explained, how do you see the field of cybersecurity like evolving in the future? Do you see more things that kinda of come? Where do you see cybersecurity going in the in the near future? I feel like It's crazy
0: because I get asked this question a lot. I feel like cybersecurity is going to become, I mean, it's already big, but I feel like now it's, it's going to become so necessary. Like it's going to be everywhere. I think everyone is going to need to be educated on cybersecurity. Everyone's going to need to know what it is. It's going to become like the next I don't know, let's just say the next internet, right? Because everything is going to technology. Everything is going to the cloud. Everything is going to, like, even right now, we're able to communicate with each other. You're across the country. (laughs) So I feel like cybersecurity is about to be extremely important because as all of these new technologies come out, there are bad people who are going to take advantage of these new technologies and take advantage of the people who don't know how to protect themselves using these new technologies. You can pay for something by tapping your phone on a device and you don't think twice about it. you just triple click your the side of your phone tapping like, okay, cool, like some people you don't go and make sure that the money came out you don't go and make sure that you were charged the correct amount. you just do it, take your groceries, put them in the car, and go home you know what I mean so like stuff like that where things have become so normal that you don't even do that double check you don't even ensure that whatever happened happened and You're constantly like typing your social into all types of documents. You're signing things that sometimes you don't even read through all the way. So, I mean, I think cybersecurity is is going to be extremely important. I just want people to be safe and make sure that they understand like what they're doing when it comes to like these, whatever it is that they are doing, like they're implementing the technologies that they're using, just making sure that they're being aware of what's happening when that transaction is happening.
1: You're plugging us in, man. You're plugging us in for sure. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone that wants to maybe pursue a career in cybersecurity? You're plugging us in with a lot of information, but from that ground point, someone's hearing, listening to this in plug podcast, you know, with you talking and plugging us in on cybersecurity, what advice would you want to give them if they want to kind of pursue a career in cybersecurity? Oh, man, for sure. So basically start with like a, a solid foundation.
0: Like I said, I got my degree in electrical engineering. My master's in electrical engineering, but that's where I learned that foundation of computer science, like networking, programming, stuff like that. And in addition to that, you got to have like critical thinking skills, right? Because as a cybersecurity engineer, there is like no, there isn't a one answer. It's not two plus two equals four, because this denial of service attack can be this way and the exact same attack can come from a different direction. So you have to learn to think critically. You got to have those problem solving skills, right? But as far as like building your career in cybersecurity, one of the things that's really important is getting your certification. So Security Plus, CompTIA, that's like the ground level when it comes to cybersecurity. Then it goes up to CISSP. Then you can be do like certified ethical hacker. I'm not saying that you have to necessarily get a degree in cybersecurity, but some degree in computer science, networking, some kind of programming, just something related to cyber or computer science engineering would be beneficial. And then of course, getting that certification in security plus a lot of jobs are just looking for that. And that'll get you in the door. That at least is what got me in the door, right? Because again, my background is not cyber, but Mm. me having that solid engineering background and
1: going and pursuing my certification led me to here. Nah, that's dope. That's dope. So you mentioned you mentioned something that really caught my ear. You said critical thinking. And critical thinking is so important. You know, I have to critically think all the time in, in my role. And I'll say, you know, really when I was an undergrad, you know, I did different internships. And one of the things that my internships really taught me how to do was just to really critically think, right? Of really like how to be a problem solver. And if you can critically think and be a problem solver, I feel like you can really be you know, kind of efficient in any type of role. So, if you kind of explain in that, how do you kind of, you know, promote creativity and innovation in your space that you work in? Do you, you know, with your team, do you have any type of ways that you kind of like try to promote that just to make sure that you all are absolutely in that yes. area? If you've ever like had a conversation with me about
0: my role as an engineer or even just, I'll just say the new generation of engineers, right? Like, 30-year-olds, 25, 30-year-olds, I always say one of the things that I don't like to hear, it's we've always done it like that. I just can't get with that statement. Like, where does that exist ever? There is no always done it. Everything's constantly changing. So one of the things that I try and promote at my job is new ways of utilizing new technology to complete tasks that I mean, say that you have a task and you've done it this way a long time. All right, cool. Well, now we can do it this way. Trying to use that creativity to change the narrative of we've always done it like this, so let's continue to do it like this. It's like, no, you've always done it like this, but now we can do it like this. So that is just like one of the things that I kind of, I definitely try and I stand behind that when it comes to trying new ways of trying to solve problems. Try something different. Try something new. Be open to the new technology that's coming out. I've been on teams where we get a new software and they're complaining about it. But, I mean, I find it interesting learning an entirely new software, understanding how... Well, first of all, it was chosen for a reason, right? And then secondly, how can we make this software and utilize it to the best of its ability so that we can get the most out of it? So, I mean... Being that critical thinker and promoting that is just, yeah.
1: That's that's one of the things that I stand behind for sure. hey bro, you dropping gems, man. Yeah, like I, I look at myself as a lifetime learner, so I'm I'm always trying to learn something new. So that's why I wanted to have you on the, on the podcast, honestly, because I'm learning so much from you just about the field of cybersecurity, right? But we have a lot more that I know you kind of dive into. <laughs> um, I know you have a lot of hobbies. So you want to kind of, that's kind of go into some of your hobbies um, outside of cybersecurity. So, so the drone space, you know, you told me a lot about your drones. I've seen some of your drones. What kind of uh, started you up and got you in, uh, interested into drones? I think around college is when I started to become interested in
0: photography and videography. I never like dove so deep into it that I, you know, I'm not gonna be an engineer anymore. I'm gonna go be a photographer. It was never like that, but I've always wanted to be the guy that would like capture the moment so that we can go back, look at it, reminisce. Because I grew up with a big family and we took tons of pictures and we always had photo albums. So wanting to be that almost like historian for the group of friends that I had, always trying to record this or take pictures of this or making sure that this moment is captured. I think that is kind of where it started, and from there, combining the technology of like drones, I'm like, this is, this is awesome, this is something that can get somewhere that I can not get, and do the thing that I want to do, like take pictures, and record videos, and then I just saw it starting to boom, and then after that, I was like, man, this is interesting, I gotta, I gotta get into this space, I gotta learn more about this, so yeah, I started my drone company, Skyward Drones, in 2020, so it's very new. But yeah, that's when I started pursuing the drone space. But that's how it started. That's how it started. Yeah, I think it started yeah. with just that desire and want to kind of capture moments and be able to look back because, man, yeah, it's it does something. You know what I'm saying? You need that real discovery when you go back and look at a picture and say, man, I remember when that happened. It's just like, I feel so. Wanted to
1: recreate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I used to, you know, dibble around photography a little bit myself, take a few pictures, get those right angles and stuff, right? But I never dove exactly. deep down into the into the drone space, but that's pretty cool. What kind of drones do you do you fly? Can you kind of tell us what features they had? Yeah, so I had a Mavic
0: Air 2, which is from DJI. That's like one of the biggest drone manufacturers. I recently acquired this puppy right here, though, this uh, Phantom 4 Pro. D2. oh that thing yeah I wow wait to, okay wait to, new toy yeah exactly okay so this is one that has like a 20 megapixel camera 4k video has like the follow me feature It has a bunch of like quick shots where it can lock onto you circle around you lock onto you like pan out um if you've seen a drone video you've seen probably some of those type of videos where someone's Standing there, they're waving at the drone, and the drone is, like, flying away at an angle. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is automatic with these drones now. You don't even have to fly it. It just will create its own pattern, so... Yeah, man, the battery life on this is, like, maybe 30 minutes. It can probably fly
1: around, like, 3.5, 4 miles or something like that. Man, yeah, so... <laughs> Is there any, like, type of software or anything that you use to control the drone? Like, does your cybersecurity experience and the, maybe the software that you use, does that help you with controlling the drone as well, like using certain software or anything? The
0: cybersecurity doesn't necessarily tie into the, the drone software because I'm just, I'm just a user when it comes to the drone software. Well, I guess maybe just the mindset, making sure that I'm not doing something that I'm not supposed to do, that yeah. kicks in but i'm not manipulating the software in any way or making any changes and the software is just something you can download from the play store or the apple store it's just the DJI software it comes with this controller the controllers over there but yeah you attach the controller to your phone and honestly the software just does the rest it automatically connects to the drone you're basically flying it yeah, like a video game controller like it's crazy man and that's another thing like The controller itself just reminds me of those old-school 007 where you got to move forward back with this joystick and then, like, the camera pans with the right joystick. That's exactly how you fly the drum. So it's not difficult at all. If you have ever played like, a Call of Duty or any
1: of that, man, you can fly a drum. That's dope. That's dope. So what what are some of the most, like, kind of interesting or unique locations that you've flown your drum to before? Ah, man, so maybe two weeks ago I was... I was in Hawaii. And Ooh,
0: I was on the top. That <laughs> was on the I was on the top. <laughs> I think I seen that. Wow, yeah, and that's dope. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, me and my homie, um, my friend Cornell, we have climbed this twelve hundred step mountain called Cocoa Head Mountain. And I have my drone with me. So You live it, bro. Some of the rules with the drone is like you can't fly the drone four hundred feet above where it takes off. So we're already I mean, I don't know. Way up in the air. I don't know how many feet that is, but it's above four hundred feet. But just understanding that rule and knowing, okay, I can't fly four hundred feet above this elevation that I'm at right now. So I was able to get those amazing shots of Oahu. And I don't know, man. Yeah, it was just it was just amazing. Yeah. It's it's so many places that I flown my drone. Like even earlier in the year I was on the big island and on Maui and I was able to fly my drone capture some like volcanoes from a distance. I was flying over the ocean and I saw like a stingray. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool being able to kind of just capture those things.
1: Wow. That's dope, bro. Now I love that you have, you know, your your technical career of cybersecurity, but you also have a hobby of just flying drones. And I feel like it's really important for us to, you know, as we, you know, we have our career, that's great. But we also have to have a hobby that we can kind of go to as well. So I'm I'm all about just, you know, Picking up hobbies and, and doing great things. But yeah, you really shared so, a lot with so us. So one thing I I just got to correct real quick. So droning was a hobby for me,
0: but it's actually like a business, right? When I think hobby, I think uh, something that you do that don't make you money, right? Okay. Nah, this is actually something I get paid to do this, right? So hey that's so, even that's even more though. you turn yeah, the holidays this is some income yeah so yeah nah, yeah so it's something that i love to do and it's something that people you know people need whether it's me like trying to help them sell their real estate property i've done real estate gigs i've done like proposals i've done commercial properties where i'm doing like a tour of their commercial property using my drone so yeah it's aside from the cool stuff like going to hawaii and getting a visual of myself lying around, this thing actually helps people, you know, helps people with their business or with what they're trying to do. And that's, that's really why I kind of wanted to get into it. It's super cool, but I also wanted to get into it because I wanted people to be able to use my services
1: to help them and what they're trying to do. Yeah, bro. No, that's definitely inspiring, bro. And I love everything that you do for your community. You always seem like everything that you have, you have a bigger picture in mind. So I, that's amazing. One little plug, me and Deshaun are both members of the National Society of Black Engineers. So yes, thank you for all the work that you do, you know, with the next generation of engineers and everything like that. So you share so much with us about your story today, right? Kind of just tell us about like, were there any any moments in your career that, you know, you felt like you were kind of down, but it was really a moment in your career that you were able to learn from and grow from you kind of go back and just tell us about that and tell us our listeners maybe how they can learn from our our downfalls Mm -hmm. man i got a a few of those actually i'll use
0: an example from college right because i feel like this is the one that just sticks out the most i was a sophomore i think i was a sophomore and i was taking one class it's called statics not statistics statics and this class was whooping my butt. Like, I'm like, this is, this is so hard. I can't, it almost made me change my major from engineering to marine biology, to be more specific, because of that one class, though. And talking that over with someone else who was also in that college with me, who was also in that status class. He was like, Deshaun, you can't, like, give up based off of one class. Like, you have two more years, three more years of college. And after that, you got a whole like career that you plan on going into. Do not let this one moment make you shift gears because you think it's too hard. It wasn't even like a, this isn't for me. I don't like it. I wanted to do it. It was just too hard. And that almost made me quit. So my advice is never give up on something that you want. If it's something that you truly want, a change that you want to happen or something that you want to achieve do not let it's too hard stop you there are times when you lose interest in something there are times when you find interest in something else I don't consider that quitting what I consider quitting is you wanting something so bad and you deciding not to do it because it's too hard for you so never
1: give up that's amazing bro that's amazing bro yeah, so how can our our listeners kind of stay in touch with you? You have every you know, all this stuff going on with cybersecurity, the drone space. Plug us in, man. Where where can we can contact you at? All right, so let's see. Instagram, you got Skyward Drones One D. That's
0: S K Y A R D R O N E S. That's it. Skyward Drones for the Instagram for Skyward Drones, and then of course Nesby has a bunch of Instagram pages, but I will say that the one that I would like you all to follow is Region 6 SB Pro. So that's, well, it would be R6, NSBE PRO. And those are the two right there.
1: Yeah. Okay. okay. That's it. <laughs> those are the two. Okay. Right so uh, I guess one final thing you mentioned about, you know, your drones is a, is a business or is there any type of support that you're looking for within any of your businesses that can any of our listeners, you know, support you in any type of way? What are you kind of looking for? Yes. So a couple things. One, go check out my website. Tell me what's missing. Tell me what's wrong with
0: it. Again, my business is relatively new. So I'm taking all criticism, all advice. And the website is the same. SkywardDrones.com with one D. It's, It's all the same. So secondly, if You all know anyone that need draw services. If you know someone trying to sell a house or if you know someone that is in the commercial space and they're just trying to up their auntie, try and get that like edge, just let me know. And if I can make it, I'm there because yeah, droning, droning is just one of those things that to me, it puts you kind of like in that upper tier, right? You have someone who is selling a home. They got a bunch of pictures on the ground, a bunch of pictures of their house. But if also in that profile, you have a video of the neighborhood and you got like the picture of the entire house, the backyard, the front yard, you got pictures of the roof, all of that, I think kind of just sets you apart from the typical person who's trying to sell their home. So those are just some of the things. Again, our business is relatively new. So
1: any type of advice or criticism, whether it be good or bad, just let me know. Wow. Okay. Well again, Deshaun, we appreciate you plugging us in, man. You you plugged us in with a lot of lot of content today. So we really appreciate it. You joining us on the episode two of the STEM plug podcast. Make sure y'all tap in and plug in with everything Deshaun got going on. You don't want to miss. So I appreciate y'all. Thank you.